Welcome everybody to Parsha Parables, Parshas Bo. You know, this week's Parsha finds a very interesting charge from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe. He tells Moshe to ask the people to beseech or to ask their neighbors, their Egyptian neighbors, their former masters, or at that particular time they were still masters, for gold and silver and clothing that they would take with them when they leave Egypt. But Hashem doesn't just command Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, Daber no. They use the word no. Please ask them. And Hashem normally does not say please when he makes a command. I mean, he doesn't say please take a loaf, please eat matzah, please wear your tzitzis. Maybe a teacher says that or a parent says that, but not God. And here he says, Daber no Please speak in the ears of the people, and they shall ask their neighbors for gold and for silver. So Moshe Rabbein was charged not with a command like usual. However, he's he's charged, please ask the people to do this. So the Gemara in Brachos really asked this question, and it says a fascinating answer. The reason Hashem seemed to really want this was he had a problem on his hands. Shalomar said Sadik that that Sadik Avram Avinu should not say, Hey, Rabbanu Shalom, God Almighty, you made a deal with me. You said that the Jews are going to be enslaved for four hundred years and afterwards they're going to go out with great wealth. So the first part of the deal, enslaving them, you had no problem. Well, where's the great wealth? And because he was worried, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was worried, God was worried that Avram Avinu would be upset or call him out on the deal, thus he asked Moshe Rabbeinu, please make sure that this is taken care of. And I have two questions. One of them is the obvious one. Hashem has to keep his word even if he didn't make a deal or even if Avram Avinu would not complain to him. He made a promise. He said there's going to be 400 years of slavery, and that 400 years goes back, or living in, in different countries goes back from the time of the birth of Yitzchak, and then they're going to go out with great wealth, Ruchush Gadol. So Hashem says, please do it. I, I made a deal. This is what I said. But what does Avram Avinu's complaint have to do with it? And the second question that I have is that... Why didn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu just give them money? I mean, you know, you have an exit of Mitzrayim and there's like two angels like they have at the wedding halls. You have uh, always when you walk in, they have these fancy weddings and they give you mints. So you walk in, I don't know what they're giving you mints for. Make a bracha and maybe to put the mint in your mouth so you shouldn't talk during the chuppah. But whatever reason it is, they're giving you these candy sucking candies. Every hand they hand you a little bagly, a little bag and a little candies, a little uh, door prize. So Hashem could have had two angels sit at the gates of Egypt, and when the Jews left out, everybody gets a bar of gold. I guess it's somewhat akin to 40 acres and a mule. You know, after the slaves were freed, you know, so they gave 40 acres and a mule to every liberated African-American slave. You know, make them rich that way. You don't have to go to the Egyptians and ask them for uh, for money. So I, I want to share a story with you. The story is about a great uh, Gon, a brilliant Talmudic scholar, but he was not only a Gon, but he was a wealthy banker. His name was Rav Shmuel Strashen. 
Uh, you may have heard of the Strassen Library. That was something that he had. Uh, he was uh, in Vilna. He lived in Vilna. And he had a free loan society. And he provided interest-free loans to people. And Pesach Kronin, one of his, uh, one of Rabbi Pesach Kronin, one of his wonderful forum, records a fascinating story about a time that he granted a loan of 300 rubles to a fellow named Rab Zalman, the tailor, and he recorded in his ledger. And Rab Zalman, a year later, came back, exactly the date, knocked on the door of Rabbi Strassen's study. Rabbi Strassen was in the middle of a deep Talmud of contemplation, and he hardly interrupted his studies. He was in an, with an obscure volume. He opens it up, takes the money, smiles, tucks it in, and he's deep in thought, tucks it in the Gemara, closes the Gemara, forgets about it, and a few months later, he's going over his ledgers, and he sees that Rav Zalman's loan is overdue. So he summons him to his office. He says, what about the payment? And he says, I, I, I paid you. And he, he, you know, he's running a business here. He can't recall it, didn't write anything down, didn't give him a receipt. The man didn't know he needed a receipt. So he went to Besden, and, and the man, Rav Zalman, uh, was going to swear, but Rabbi Strassen said, don't swear. He felt he would be lying and he didn't want to cause that. Meanwhile, people began to shun him. So Rab Zalman's business began to decline. His children and wife was, were affronted by their peers. And basically, um, uh, it was, uh, was a big mess. So this Rab Zalman left Vilna and he established himself elsewhere in shame. About a year later, Rab Shmuel Strashen, the Rashash, was analyzing a section of the Gemara and he opened up a Talmud or a, or a volume of, of responsa that he had used sometime in the past. And believe it or not, there's an envelope that says uh, the money that comes from Zalman. And Zalman had a signature and a sealed envelope. He didn't know what to do. He, he did not know the man left town. He couldn't find them. And he, he, he finally searched and, and asked people. Somebody knew where he lived. He went to him. He asked him forgiveness. And meanwhile, the tailor was a broken man. And he said, listen, there's no way um, anybody's going to believe me. They're going to think you're the big tzaddik. You're the pious scholar that wants to uh, let me out of the hook. And, um, you know, you had rachmanus on me. So Rabzalman said, you know how I'll forgive you? I have a son. If you allow him to marry your daughter, then I'll forgive you. And that's what happened. Rabzalman's son married the daughter of Shmuel Strassen. Well, I think that Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu understood that giving you 40 acres and a mule is not considered Ruchosh Gadol, great wealth. It's cash, but it's not wealth. It's not a compensation for degradation. Persons degraded all those years. Avram Avinu would not find it acceptable to just give a cash payout. The only way for a slave or somebody who's downtrodden to gain true wealth is to discard that subservient mentality, knock on the master's door and proclaim, this is what I want, this is what I deserve, I want you gold and silver, you treated me like a slave for 400 years, or 210 years, 86 years of hard work, I want that money. And that, HaKadosh Baruch has to say, please. Because that's the only thing that you can get is by doing it yourself. And self-pride, nobody can give you. It has to come from within. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch wanted to build us up. He said, you got to tell the people, go to their neighbors and tell them to ask for money. 
Tell them to ask for compensation. Tell them to ask for gold and silver. Because they deserve it. And that's the greatest pride. The greatest power that a person can have is to ask, Voskumtmir, like we say in Yiddish. Voskumtmir, it's mine, I deserve it. And that's the big pride that Klal Yisrael, the Jewish nation has. That we understand that certain things in life we deserve, we fight for them, and we ask for them. Have a good Shabbos.